Again, uh, we're in Charlotte at Ant 2022. Um, it's co-located with uh, Plastex South, and we're here on the trade show floor, which you might not be able to see, but you can maybe. But there are real it. people. This is not Zoom. You can reach real. out and touch. <laughs> see, real. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Mercedes Lindsay, and I'm Lindsay Nebel. And with our powers combined, we are Plastics, the voices of resin. It's us. We're here. So this is an SPE-sponsored podcast, Society of Plastics Engineers, uh, inspiring plastics professionals. Um, we have podcasts that's uh, released the first Friday of every month. And then there's a YouTube video in case you want to see us be awkward as we sound, because that's exciting. We're also on Instagram, Twitter, maybe a TikTok. We always put it out there, but we haven't, we haven't done it. Well, It'll be plans, a year. Big plans. Around to it. And... Yeah, you can listen to us any of those places. Anywhere you get a podcast, just find us. Class chick, no I in the middle. Don't get fancy. Uh, which now we have another podcast uh, joining the podcast family. Uh, it's going to be uh, debuting live today. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, but enough about us. Too much about us. So um, here with us today we have um, Amy Osiger. Um, she is the executive director of Envision Charlotte and. We were so uh, taken with her presentation yesterday that we chased her. She <laughs> agreed to uh, for the podcast. We used almost minute. zero threats. <laughs> I mean, wonderful. after you tied me down <laughs> and like forced me to commit. But a yes is a yes, the so we're good. It gets to be a, a bit much, and yes, it always wins. Envision Charlotte, tell us yes. About you, about Envision Charlotte. Go from there. I mean, you guys got a couple hours, right? At least six. Seven. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sit back, everyone. Sit back. <laughs> Enjoy the show. So, yes, uh, I am the executive director of Envision Charlotte, and so we are a sustainable nonprofit for Charlotte. So, we focus on projects to make Charlotte a much more sustainable place, which I bet anyone who's at this conference is completely experienced. All on board. I'm seeing on yes, board. It's yes across the board. It's like, yes, I feel that I'm completely saving the earth every time I walk into Charlotte because of Envision Charlotte. That's us. Um, we've been in the space of air, water, waste, and energy, and most recently in the last years, we have fully embraced the circular economy. So we are helping Charlotte, all the corporations and the citizens, transition to a more circular economy. And I love it. And you were actually one of the first cities doing the whole circular economy thing. Okay, you want thing. to say one of? You were the. Thank you. I'm sorry. Number the. one. Number one. Number one. There. Yes. Um, so... You know, you were talking about how you have like the the pillars, and plastic falls under waste, which, okay. Um, but how important was it for you guys to include plastics? Because I feel like, you know, looking at some of those things, you might not necessarily think to include. Others might not think to include it. You guys did. You guys were on your game. But how important was it to include plastic? Well, so we had hired a group called Metabolic to analyze our waste stream and really look at how. Could we look at the materials destined for the landfill and then divert those, create jobs and innovation? So as analyzing it, some of the top things that rose to the top of the landfill were plastics, organics, textiles, and construction and demolition. So plastics is one of those that it, if you can divert it from landfill, you can, as you guys know, you can recycle it, you can upcycle it. It's just getting it out of that waste stream right. and creating new opportunities with it. 
And I think that's one of the things that people over or understand the like, getting it out of the waste stream because it seems so simple, like just separate it, but it's not as simple as just separate the plastic. <laughs> Although if people separated the plastics, it it's would step be one. Easier. I mean, we're talking bare minimum. But <laughs> yes. So Envision Charlotte has an innovation barn. Can you talk a little bit about that? Which yeah. feels more rustic. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's rustic. <laughs> Basically, the idea of this innovation center which is the first of its kind in the country focused on circular economy. Look at you guys just hitting off number ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what it is designed for is to bring corporations together to figure out how they can advance their goals in the circular economy, engage individuals. Because one of the things I think that's super important and exciting about the circular economy is we can all do something. We can take our plastics and make sure they're recycled and we can mm -hmm. you know, take our organics and keep them out of the landfill. It's something actionable for us. Whereas, you know, if you're looking at renewable energy, you really have to rely on companies to create, you know, solar panels or... And we know, all know we trust companies blindly. Totally. <laughs> we trust <laughs> Anyway, so you have the Innovation Barn. So in there we have all these circular systems. So we have everything from aquaponics to hydroponics to composting to a plastics lab. But we also take materials that we don't curbside recycle in Charlotte like plastic pack techs. There may be a few fans of yours that drink beer. I, I don't know, a few. And none of us have oh, ever had beer. No, probably. definitely not last night. That, no, no, no zero not, beers. None. So zero. Zero beers. Yes. Had. Um, but the little pack techs, the little carriers, right now you those go to the landfill. We're able to take those, chip those down, and create new products with it. So. The Innovation Barn is really designed for how do we build business models, taking materials going to the landfill and keeping them out, new materials, new opportunities, new jobs, new products. And you had, you had um, you were speaking yesterday about some of the uh, the partnerships that you have with some, some pretty big local companies here. Mm -hmm. Can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And we are done. <laughs> and <Same. we're> gone. <laughs> um, so we have partnerships with Coca-Cola Consolidated. So we work with them to make Heard sure... Heard that name? Maybe. Once or twice, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so they're, they are the largest bottler for Coca-Cola. So they have like 14 states. They have an initiative to get every bottle and can back them with the ABA, American Beverage Association. So we work to make sure that PET, their bottles and their cans, when they come to us, we, we squish them, basically bail them, and put them back to their processors so they're made back into bottles and cans. And so sometimes when those materials go to a MRF, which is a materials recycling facility, they get downgraded into polyester. So plastics go down and then they get dead end, so they go into mm -hmm. the landfill after that. So we try to keep them at their highest and best use. So we've got Coca-Cola Consolidated, Sealed Air is another big um, partner of ours. So we take their bubble wrap and air pillows back mm -hmm. and we send them back to them so that they can do testing to see how they can reincorporate that into new products. I mean, I could go on. Which I feel like I get a lot of the air pillows because I get a couple shipments from Amazon, yeah. one, now, once or twice. And Electrolux, I know that I know some of their their CMF, their common material finish people. They uh, they donated some of the items in the kitchen. Is that right? They donated a spectacular teaching kitchen. So there are four stations, huh? and they're all like state of the art. And their whole uh, sustainability goal is reducing food waste. So how do you extend the life of food? How do you cook? and use every piece of the food. So they have That's you cool. know, dehydration within their ovens. And so we're showcasing how you extend the life of food and 
create less food waste. So Lowe's is another big partner of ours. Um, and so we do a lot of DIY projects with all of their materials, which is super <laughs> fun. So we built out a mushroom garden. That makes sense. Container. That's Didn't the first thing I would have done. It, it, you posted something about it on LinkedIn. So shrooms and shreds. Shrooms and shreds and shreds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that. So you can go in and you can um, learn about urban farming because mm -hmm. in, by 2050, if we don't do something different, we'll have a total collapse of our oceans and the seafood. That sounds fun. It's kind of depressing. I'm sorry to bring everybody down. Okay, we'll just have a good cry after this. this. Yeah, it's fine. Exactly. It's with a beer. <laughs> yeah. Tears into the beer. A little salt. Tears. Um, yeah. They were just they were here money. the other night. Yeah. 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 Very good. Know One of my favorite bands. Anyway, side note. Okay, so mushroom container though was built out of DIY all of Lowe's goods, but urban farming is important because we need to start growing fish on the land to help preserve our oceans. So we have Which that feels tank. like something I want to tell a time traveler. Like, we're growing fish on the land and they'd be like, what? New Mind York. blown. Are you ready for this? Yes, I want it. We have been growing fish on the land for 4,000 years. Tilapia have actually been grown on the land what? for 4,000 years. The Egyptians okay, well did. now, wow, that's a whole nother avenue I didn't know we were gonna get on today. So they did, oh, this is a, I don't wanna go down that tangent. I'm like, well, did the Egyptians do hydroponics? Did they, because hydroponics and aquaponics, they go very well together. <laughs> we're really gonna, we're, we're pretty yeah. tangent heavy as it is. We might really <laughs> spiral. Let's, let's we'll circle back to land fish later. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, you mentioned uh, yesterday that you're looking for, um, you know, you were speaking to a room full of plastics engineers and you're looking for um, people to come in. Yeah, tell, tell us about that. Help. How can how can, yeah. how can SPE help you? Yeah, so we have a plastics lab and in the plastics lab we have a few machines. So one of them is a Philobot machine, which you can take flaked plastics mm -hmm. and then you put it through the machine and you can make filament for 3D printers. So Always fun. Totally wait, 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 wait! I didn't catch that part yesterday. We'll talk. We'll, we'll talk offline. <laughs> yeah. No, but so, do you want to hear an even crazier story? Always. Always. Yes. Change. Okay. So during COVID, everyone had these takeout plastic containers mm -hmm. and was freaking out about how much you know they were going to landfill. Blah blah blah. So a friend of mine is the president of the Chinese American Chamber, and she has all these ties to China, and China, she had a group of high school students. I know you guys are like, where is this going? I love it. Love I'm it. just, a, here, I'm hanging here, on, here, and I'm here in. Here for the ride, here for the ride. <laughs> we'll be back in three. Yeah, so, Commercial break. Weather on the ones. Yeah. I, want, I want to tease it, like, you know. <laughs> anyway, yeah. we'll build it up. So they, um, they wanted to raise money to mm -hmm. help the United States in PPE, like getting, uh -huh. you know, protective equipment for our healthcare workers. Right. So they had all this money raised, and so they were going to buy masks. And we came up with this idea that we could take our takeout plastic container, create filament, and you could 3D print the the uh, structure of PPE. So instead of just it. buying a one-time shipment, we could keep producing it if they bought us a Philobot. So Chinese high school students bought us a $20,000 Philobot machine where we were able to take in plastic containers to create filament to then PPE for our frontline workers. Wow. Thank you, Chinese high school students. Chinese high school students. Way yeah. to go. How wow. cool is that? That's so cool. How so, did you how did you kind of alert the community that you were collecting these takeout containers? Because like I feel like I'm an ignorant human being and I would just keep don't put them Come in on now. Come I, I would just put them in my own collection that I keep forever. Yes. 
good and sell on the black market <laughs> and in, uh, in New York City. Yes, a hundred, a hundred, actually, I do, I do do a little black market plasticking, but. <laughs> it, you know, with oil prices. It's not the worst idea. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but how did you, how did you get the community? Because I feel like, you know, I feel like messages are hard to get out to anyone, really. They are. <laughs> um, so during COVID, they were always looking for stories like this. So we have a very good PR team that would pitch it. But we also looked at the high volume users. So retirement facilities, because oh. all the retirement facilities suddenly stopped using regular plates and everybody switched over to plastics mm -hmm. because of yeah, COVID. Because right. everyone didn't know, right? right. So retirement facilities, schools, when schools started going back, they stopped serving it on single or like plates. So we targeted those guys, then we targeted farmer's market for collections, and then add on the PR with all the news stories. We were able to get like a huge collection mechanism. You drop them off at Innovation Barn. So we have, if you <laughs> Love sit that at barn. the Innovation Barn, you will just see people driving up every day, dropping off. Not only their takeout plastic containers, but bubble wrap and air pillows. PET, aluminum cans, glass. So how do you handle the mix of what's coming in at the Innovation Barn? Because I'm sure for people like me who are very lazy, I would just, you know, here you go. Um, and for those that are just listening to the audio, I heave hoed a pile of recyclables <laughs> to Amy. So how do you handle that? Do you, do you sort it there? Do you sort it ahead of time? Do you ask for it to come pre-sorted? What's the protocol yes. there? Yeah, all of it. All of it. So yes, we have bins that people can put it in, mm -hmm. but what's been really cool about the Innovation Barn, and I just think how people are becoming more aware of landfills and all that good stuff, we have an enormous network of volunteers. So we have a ton of corporations, like Allies, one of our partners, and they twice a month send My a bank. group. Hey, see? So supportive. Send your checks, too. <laughs> just kidding. Um, but Ally... So they have two signups every month where mm -hmm. they send volunteers to work with us. So they sort. Wow. So like the Charlotte Motor Speedway sent all of their plastic and aluminum from the Coca-Cola 600 last year. And we had volunteers go in. Hand and manually sorting. Yep. Wow. I have some really cool time-lapse videos. And that is cool. Like That's amazing. Sorting. And are they learning how to sort the different plastics as well? I mean, because not necessarily everyone is like, down with the polystyrene versus the PET the versus the layer. Yeah. Oh, okay, there we go. Yeah. yeah, they're learning that most of the time we get aluminum and PET mix. Okay. But we do occasionally the clamshells. Oh, yeah. Clamshells, they can't do anything. So, yes, they're learning more about plastics. And I do think we have the plastic slab that Sealed Air is our uh, naming mm -hmm. partner for that, is to educate on the seven what you can do with each and why there might be a couple that, you anyway, know, yeah. just stir clip. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you guys have a ton going on. Thanks. Just one or two. What, is there anything that's like, that you tried in the beginning of like setting up this innovation barn or even with the whole program that didn't quite pan out that you had to like revamp or is there anything like you kind of wish you could have structured differently to help it grow? You, you've been there almost a decade now, right? Well, we've been only in the Innovation Barn nine months. Okay. But our organization has been around 11 years. Mm -hmm. Yes. We've <laughs> had a lot of failures. And I was just on a panel around innovation, and it's fail and fail quickly mm -hmm. and move on and celebrate failures. Like, mm -hmm. figure out what you did wrong. Fail forward. Yes, yeah. exactly. And so we are, I'm totally fine. We joke that I'm kind of the person that brings a fish in, and I toss it to the staff, and I'm like, 
Those are hard to catch. Those are hard to catch. They're very slippery. (laughs) Slippery. And sometimes you're like, yeah, we can't eat that. (laughs) And then other times it blossoms. So one of the things that we tried many years ago in the waste industry was sensors in trash cans to figure out, like, how much was coming in, what was the volume, to to start. And, And trash cans get really beat up, so the sensors didn't work. And it was so much labor in terms of going back and trying to figure out the sensors. Like, I hate like it just the cost was enormous or there are regulatory issues like we were at one point we were trying to look at water usage in buildings Mm -hmm. charlotte if you've noticed we don't like anything old we tear it all down and we build new you walk through the city and you're like oh my oh we were in a brand new stadium uh the other last night oh yeah yeah it's crazy new and so when we were looking at water efficiency we're so efficient because our buildings are so new there's not a lot of savings there so we spend a lot of money on looking at water efficiency and like we're already very efficient so yes we've failed a lot yeah i think that's i think that's something an industry like the plastics industry is sometimes hesitant to do because there's a lot of eyes already on it so having um you know a, a group like yours that is kind of doing the failing for us is very helpful. And with us, right? And with so us. So many volunteers, so many corporations that are that are contributing to the efforts. Right? And you now you also do community events, right? The the trash talk Thursdays, the third Thursday of every month, is that yeah, right? See okay. that well, look at that. Right? And it just goes right. It in. does, it does. Yeah. What what other kinds of events do you guys do? So we have trash talk and then we have what's called circle up. One of the things get it, circle up. I love um, it. We love it. Um, so one of the things that we found are there's so many people in this space that don't necessarily know each other. So that guy might be interested in that guy might be interested. I don't think they By are. By the way, we're they're not pointing friends. out people in the <laughs> floor room here. Not yet. <laughs> they're, not, no, they're not friends yet. They're not friends yet. Come on, but, up. <laughs> so people reach out to me and they're like, do you know someone who does this? Do you know someone who does that? I'm like, oh my God, I cannot answer all these emails. So we decided to have once a month a circle up. There is no formal agenda. If you are like-minded and you want to come in, have a beer, and talk with other people, so we started Already that. interested. That's you know what's interesting, though? It failed at first because oh. everyone just kind of stood there. So you know what we're going to implement? More booze. <laughs> E-dating. What? Nice. Yeah, so we're going to have people have to sit at tables with the different people. I and love that. To have a conversation to force conversations instead of you just going up and be like, hi. You know, and like it's that awkwardness. Yeah. So we're going to do kind of speed dating of Circle Up within this whole framework. I so love it so much. those are two events that we have that are kind of our staples. The, I love that. The Circle of Love. Kind of. Well, you know, an, another thing, another don't, thing. Maybe you, don't put me on your marketing team. <laughs> the Circle of Love. It's going to turn into a very different event. <laughs> People come in, they're like, I was hoping. Oh, wait. We're, so we're not here for oh, actual dates. Here for da- Got okay. it. Okay. One thing actually that was great at a, a networking, uh, at an event that we went to recently, we were um, ambushed by a moderated discussion oh, at our lunch table. Oh yeah, we. It was, it was an actual ambush. We had was, no it idea. Great, it was a wonderful. We, we sat down just for, for the lunch at the event, and then the guy introduces himself, and he's like, "Well, I'm here," and and then we looked, and there was sure enough, there was a list. It on was our, like a topic, and we're like, "On our on our table." And he's like, "How do you feel about that?" And I was like, "I have never done that. Thank you." But, <laughs> like, then, but, but it was still a good conversation. I, yeah. I got a lot out of that conversation. Yeah, and it was great. Everybody learned. Everybody contributed. So you can make your circle up at a circle table. With just surprise love. them. Surprise with love. them. With love. Yeah. With the topics of craziness. This is attack love circle up. <laughs> yeah. Again, maybe get a different name. 
don't know. Maybe. So, Amy, if you had unlimited funds, um, oh, I want that. Right? Same. Same. I want that for you too. And I want that for Envision. I want that for the Innovation Park. Um, what what uh, part would you expand, or what? What, what would you what would you put that towards? Okay, for? besides bringing you guys down and doing a podcast weekly to highlight all the yes. stuff that we're doing. Besides, <laughs> besides that, besides that's that. super obvious. Well, next time we're here, we got to visit the barn. Uh, yes. Yeah. We're gonna, you know, literally, at lunch today, I was, I was with uh, Daniel, who works with me, and I'm like, God, if we had unlimited funds, we would hire people to tell some of these cool stories. Like, I'm going to give you, like, a goofy, and that's not actually, we'll get to the serious stuff, but this guy... <laughs> reached out and he's like, um, yeah, so I got in trouble for flying my drone in a space that's illegal and the so airport is weird. Literally, <laughs> the judge was like, you need to do 24 hours of volunteer services. And so I saw your organization. I'm really actually into plastics and I do a lot with polymer. He's like, do you, do you have something for me to do for 24 hours? <laughs> so I hooked him up and he's like, comes into the plastic lab and he's like, but, but, but yeah, I, yeah, I can fix all this. I can extrude that. I can do all that. I'm coming Monday and Tuesday. I'll knock it out. And we're like, all right. <laughs> You're like, this guy needs to fly his drone more often. Right. <laughs> You're but, just like, you can fly it over there. You watch him. <laughs> but telling that crazy random story, or for example, we have uh, two Mandela fellows coming this summer. And both Fancy. of them um, in Africa have started businesses. One collects plastics and then shreds them and turns them into products. Bricks? Is this the one who? No, no, this is like a totally separate business that he does around collecting plastics in his village. Hmm. And the woman has, she realized in the um, markets they didn't have fresh food. So she started aquaponics and she takes it to the markets. And so they're coming to the barn. But does she have land fish? Those are, that is I want land fish. That's, land That's fish. all I want. <laughs> well, then you can come meet her because she okay. will provide you, Thank you. with land fish. Just want land fish. Isn't chicken tuna of the land? I think so. I think that's the saying. <laughs> that? It's something like that. I'm like, you're close. <laughs> Very close. This is close to Jessica Simpson. Back in the day. That's back. a little callback there. We are very young. <laughs> but yeah, so telling the stories, because I think that's so inspiring, that's one thing I would do with unlimited funds. The other thing is um, I would really want to work with these corporations. I'm not going to name names, but there are several big companies here that don't recycle at all because there mm. aren't. What do they rhyme with? I'm not going to shame them yet. All right. If they turn me down, we'll bring save me the back, and then I will We'll do a full shaming episode. Yeah. That is what we love, oh honestly. God, I would love that. That would be so really many. fun. Don't. Okay. My little devil horns just came out. Um, no, but how, how do we fix recycling? as I talked about yesterday, how do we change the way we do recycling? And then also these big companies, how do we help them on their recycling goals and lessening the stuff that's going to the landfill? Not only from once mm -hmm. you've used it, but how do we move up that stream, design differently, so that there are maybe a few green PET bottles. If we could get rid of that right, and make them all clear, you know, if we could standardize some of this stuff. And I think some of that stuff is so, like to us, so simple. Like it's so straightforward. It's like, why are we not doing it? But I think just companies that maybe haven't even broached really the sustainability or the you know circularity of anything. Or they don't have the engineer teams connected to the industrial design. Teams. Right. And I feel like those are the things that seem so overwhelming. But if you had groups to be like, it's not that bad. Like here, I'll hold your hand. 
But I'll argue one thing. There was a company. I love an argument. <laughs> there was a company, I don't know, like 20, 30 years ago that they were very known for a green bottle. Mm -hmm. And they went to clear and they their market share dropped. So there is the marketing side of things. And it, so we yeah. do have to acknowledge how you get around that. And I do think there are forces of us individuals that could raise up right. and be like, we're still going to drink it even if it's not in the iconic right. green bottle. Right, you right. Know? Well, there, uh, uh, Connor Carlin, one of the um, executive board members, he wrote a book on something oh. in sustainability. I think there, one of the subtitles is Gray is the New Gray is the New Green. Gray is the New Green. Or, yeah. Yes. But Just the muddy colors of everything. <laughs> but it's tricky too because, to, you know, I, I work specifically in color and, and Actually, Pantone published this the other day again that, that 85, up to 85% of purchasing, consumer purchasing decisions are made based on color, you know. And meanwhile, in college, one of my professors told me, you color things because people are dumb. So I have a very opposite, <laughs> although I don't really because obviously I love But if you work in tech well, forecasting, you know, you, we right? can use our powers for good as well. Um, you know, and definitely I was chatting with, well, that's that's more about me. Let's get back to, <laughs> let's get back to you. <laughs> I well, love the color conversation because it is like just to, for a second, like they've done studies in hospitals that colors of rooms change the way you feel about healing. So right? definitely. That, when you get back to, I'll take it back for you, back to plastics, if you have an iconic color or a product that's a certain, and it, it, it invokes like right. Coca-Cola red, like you may have, like I have a very specific childhood memory that my dad had a Coke machine, and so that creates a memory, right? Or your, your alma mater. Right? Yes, Purdue. I was very yeah. Purdue. Actually, I even went with the black. I didn't even think about yeah, that. Black and gold. So you're welcome. Yeah, thank you. And, <laughs> and literally, I did this uh, uh, news story, or it was like uh, it's an episode of American Innovators, and it was when Purdue was playing, and I couldn't wear a Purdue sweatshirt because they didn't want me to have Purdue on it. So I wore black. And, and you're gold. like, what nice. if I put Purdue and just like tape over part no, of what it? What I did is I wore I seriously black and gold. I like it. I mean, you know, because it matters. It does. So, it does. And I, I will say, you know, I'm, I'm a insider, so like... You are? Yeah. Listen, I thought we were going to be friends. I was being nice well, about hey, the Purdue part. Well, you know what? In the South, <laughs> Big Ten. Right. Big Ten sticks exactly. together. Except IU. I can't do that. But otherwise, I'm good. <laughs> well, let's not be insane here. Right. <laughs> there are limits to my love. <laughs> I can only do so much. Yeah. Well, it looks like we are uh, right about a time, um, but um, what... If you can tell us, just say one more question. What is next? What is next? The moon. The moon. <laughs> Recycle like, on the moon. Yes. <laughs> Going there with Elon? Or, or Jeff? Yes, it's true. It's not taking which, out recyclables. Which we'll just no, no, this is something we joke about. Like, oh, we can't put them, we can't dump them in the land. We can't dump them in the water. Let's shoot them. No, no, shoot them to the moon. No. Bad no. idea. Please Very don't bad. do We're that. Kidding, kidding. Just trying to be light here. Light, yeah. um, Evil billionaires of the world, please do not shoot garbage to the moon. Right. <laughs> I feel like that needs to be said, it'll, it'll just come in back. case. It'll come back and bite us. <laughs> I know, I will. Yeah. Or blow us up. Yeah. It's fine. Um, so what's next? What we're working on right now in Charlotte is we're going to harness all of the companies that are looking at circular economy, plus all the ESG goals and all of that. And we want to, in the next year, make a bold goal for Charlotte around the circular economy. I don't know what that is. I don't know what everyone's going to come up with. But for example, Organics are terrible to go to the landfill, right? You put your food into a plastic bag and then it ekes out methane. It's terrible and like 40% of our food is wasted. And we're so all sad. And we're sad. Got it. People aren't eating. Sarah McLachlan music. 
cue it thing. in, yes. bring in the puppies, <laughs> we're good to go, that have the sad eyes. Um, but what is the next big goal for Charlotte around sustainability? And how do we get all the corporations and individuals all like rowing the same way and like marching towards that goal? That's Oof. next. That's next. And it's a small thing. It's it, not very big. Well, I'm glad you shoot for like baby steps. You know, I feel like you take it very slow. I do. With um, almost no growth, really. really? So, yeah, yeah, that's really great you for you. It in. <laughs> so, to anyone listening, um, where can they find your information, especially plasticky people who may think, I'm in Charlotte. This feels like I could get down. Service hours. <laughs> I've flown my drone in a random place. I could, I could do my community service hours here. I got a little bit crazy last night, and now I got to do some I mean, honestly, honestly, if we are going to assign community hours based on happy hour, you will have very many volunteers. Okay, good. Yes. <laughs> and if you want, um, we'll we'll keep track and just let you know who should. Technically, be. <laughs> yeah. Come to yeah. our plastics lab. Yes. So, how do we? How do we? How do other people get a hold of you? Yeah. So, if you go to envisioncharlotte.com, there's a ton of information. And then, if you email us at engage at envisioncharlotte.org, that comes to us, and we can disseminate. And we are looking for help, as I said yesterday, with plastics. Dialing in if we take the pack text versus take out plastic, the melt points, how do we then extrude it? Like, we need some engineers to come in because as much as I went to Purdue, I am not an engineer. I was a communications major, not engineer. I like engineers, they need to come help us. Well, now you're going to have to deal with the Penn State engineers. I'm just saying. She's going to bring them. She's versus bring them. Purdue engineers? Let's go. Let's go. The plastic broke. outside. All right, jack okay. it off. <laughs> Well, Amy Elsiger, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. This was delightful. We're really inspired by the work you're doing. we, we got to come thank check you. out. Thank you for letting us chase you down a hallway. You know, any day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks so much for listening to Plastics. New episodes appear on the first Friday of every month. So either follow or subscribe to get those new episodes ASAP. Plastics, the Voices of Resin, is a plastics podcast sponsored by SPE, Inspiring Plastics Professionals. If you want to find out more about SPE, please visit for, like the number, spe.org. Oh, plastics.